Hello and welcome to the Multiverse of Marketing! I am Crash and Burn, and with me as always is JR Sweetie! Hello! I am here to talk about Transformers yet again! Transformers! Yeah! The third episode in this really long series. Well, it'll be the last time until, you know, whoever it is next, you know, chokes and dies. And then we can do a postmortem on them. Transformers, you can always keep beating this dead horse. Boy, okay. How's it going? <laughs> Uh, good, actually. Uh, uh, as as negative as that seemed, um, I I had a, a lot of fun reading uh, some of the issues for this, and so I'm like, I'm hyped in jazz. I actually read and then reread the Megatron origin for this, yeah, because it was like so good and just like, ah, oh, I'm having fun. I am having fun. I'm having fun. There is. So I've been having fun. There is a <laughs> lot of you know. So we're talking about IDW this time. Um, and IDW, there are troughs uh, and there are peaks. Um, mm. The peaks, look, I, I will, I will say that I think, I think there were two types of people who read Transformers comics. Um, <laughs> I think there are comic geeks who happen to read Transformers, no. uh, or, you know, what have you, but they read a lot of other comics. And then I and think like, inevitably like that happens as a, a comic geek, you'll, you just see constant Transformers comics. If you talk to enough comic geeks, someone's inevitably going to be like, do you read Transformers? And, and so it, it comes up. It's the same way as how, like. Sometimes you'll find yourself just reading all of Iron Fist from the 1970s. Sure. Why? I don't know. I don't even like this character. But someone asked me about it. Yeah. And, and now I'm stuck here reading about Danny Rand. Whoa. Boo. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, so you have the, you have the comic geeks who read Transformers, and then you have the Transformers geeks that read the Transformer comics. And I will say, in my experience, that the Transformers fans who read the comics have a higher estimation of them overall than comics geeks who also read Transformers. Uh, but there is some really good stuff here. I There is some stuff that actually brings some depth to a lot of this um so yeah that's what we're talking about this time uh <laughs> the idw run started in 2005 and there were there were some fits and starts um you know they they did um they started doing straight generation one stuff with uh infiltration and all of that um but then they also would do they did a brief um 
Beast Wars miniseries uh, and a sequel that were a little pointless, I think. Uh, <laughs> so so kind of kind of like Beasties was. It's just a little pointless. Well, just a little pointless. It's okay. No, it's fun. Though. No, I mean even <laughs> it. It was a Beast Wars comic that took place in between moments of the Beast Wars series. Oh, so completely irrelevant. Featuring a bunch of characters who were never used in the show. And it was just kind of like... Why? We're here, Why would you do that? We're here too, kind of. And it was just like, okay. Um, like, there is... So even if you did a one-page, like back panel at the end of someone else's comic of just like rat trap rhinox dinobot and it's like the three fucking stooges uh no one else is ever in it mm-hmm. it's just those three uh rat trap dinobot and rhinox or uh rhinox have to fix a sink hilarity ensues sure. why the hell aren't they mining this or weren't they mining this? Well, they did eventually. Here in, in the last year, right before the license ran out, they did start a for real Beast Wars comic. But even that, that just wound up being sort of a soft reboot. Um, Sad. It's not bad, but it does wind up sort of being... It does sort of end up ending abruptly. Um, and <laughs> what with so, the cancellation of the IP? Well, yeah. Um, but then also, you know, they had they had a series that they were going to do called Evolutions, that I think they only ever did Hearts of Steel, which was set during like the uh, the uh, uh, American West uh and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. mostly it's just it was kind of canceled after that uh it had originally been intended as a series of alternate universe takes on transformers but just never went anywhere um but the actual the main continuity i think is what's really interesting because you can get hung up on the regeneration one where they continued the Marvel comics or anything else. But really what we're here for is the main continuity. And that is surprisingly good in places. Um, So it started back in 2005 with a series of uh, mini series um, that had the Transformers on Earth yet again, uh, and introduced characters that were creatively named like uh, Hunter Onion. Uh, his, la- his last name was Onion with an apostrophe in there. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, like, you know, um, it, it from the George Lucas School of Creativity. Yeah. And and we all know how much that shit's worth now. Well, yeah. It's the what was it in uh episode seven they had Elo Asty 
And it's just mm-hmm. like, come on, man. Uh, I know that wasn't Lucas, but I'm just saying that style of naming in Star Wars. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it started, it started kind of slow and really bog standard, you know, mm-hmm. doing generation, generation one, but slightly grittier, uh, you know, Hunter gets turned into a headmaster, uh, against his will. They capture, humans capture Sunstreaker and cut off his head and make a bunch of headmaster clones of his body and all of the, all of this shit that it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. Um, I'll be honest during a lot of this period, I was tuning in and out because a lot of this was Simon Furman again. And I was just like, uh, um, yeah, it's like nothing has changed really. Yeah, no, it it hadn't really. Um, but then you get to All Hail Megatron, and the the benefits and drawbacks of All Hail Megatron can be endlessly debated. Uh, but um, what winds up happening here is it's a bit of a change in that we abandon a lot of the shit they were doing um mm-hmm. and just sort of say okay fresh start here this is what we're doing um there that led to some questionable stuff uh optimus prime surrenders to the humans because he was just like our race killed like millions of people on this planet and it's like yeah, but you didn't. That was Megatron. Let him turn himself in. Why are you constantly doing stupid shit like this? You <laughs> asshole. Um, really, where it gets interesting, the the point at which we actually start doing some stuff um, was uh, later on um they ended the war uh they they did a whole thing um it was heart of darkness where where galvatron and a bunch of bots who disappeared millions of years ago going on an expedition return there's Nova Prime, they're all corrupted, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Um, but the ultimate the ultimate result of all of this is that the war ends, uh, which is not something that you usually see in this. Usually it's just war and war and war and more war. Uh yeah. I mean, it's a pretty self-perpetuating storyline and has been since its creation yeah to self-perpetuate toys that kids are meant to like fight with yeah that's that's what they are and so it to to print an end to the war it seems like an obvious paradigm shift but it's a massive one yeah and it led to some really interesting things now most people will say that uh, the 
the highlight of this period was the Lost Light storyline. Um, and I'm not going to deny that. I think the, the major reason that the Lost Light stuff holds up reasonably well is because it is much more character-focused. Um, they were able to do a lot of character work that the, the other series have generally not been able to do because they're trying to cram in every fucking character possible. Um, and because there's usually, you know, this person will have a moment where they get to shine, but really then they're back into crowd scenes. Um, Lost Light, it was um, following the end of the war, Rodimus and a bunch of people set off to try and find the Knights of Cybertron. Who cares? But mostly it is just a predominantly set cast. You had a core cast that they focused on with other mm -hmm. people kind of coming and going. Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of humor, but more than anything, you really got to get a feel for the characters. Um, additionally, um, you know, during this time in the other title they had running, um, they had Bumblebee Star, Bumblebee Starscream and Metalhawk from the Japanese continuity trying to uh, create a new government on Cybertron from all of these groups that really wanted nothing to do with, with each other. And they were finding groups who had left Cybertron millions and millions of years ago and being like, hey, come home and have a say in what happens. Um, I'm trying to picture Starscream as a diplomat. Well, he continue. Don't get me wrong. He continues to be Starscream. Um, <laughs> you know the 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 thing about it is, uh, a lot of what happens with Starscream during this period is just him trying to get people to take him seriously, him trying to okay. get people to pay attention to what he says, and not always succeeding. So he has to be a duplicitous fuckhead. Um, but there was still some interesting stuff. I mean, he does a whole thing where he turns Metal Hawk into a martyr and things of that nature. It was, it wasn't bad, but the Lost Light stuff is better. Um, mm -hmm. but overall, I think the major thing is just, there's a, there was a lot done during this period that actually, you know, in Megatron origin, they humanize Megatron somewhat in that he is. And like, so like, you know, and, and th this is, this is the one I, I most wanted to talk about. Absolutely. Because like, I, you know, I, I've read these comics off and on a little bit, like here and there to try over the years to like, you know, you never know, dig into it. You'll find a good story. And I know from Beast Wars that's, you know, Transformers can be a great story if you let it all pan out and you humanize your characters. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, reading it was just like 
it was so wonderful and refreshing. It's not just like a good Transformers book. It's a good comic book. It's not overly complicated. It's the most obvious shift in a villain perspective you can do, you know, just like, okay, what if, what if uh, maybe the bad guy has a point? Ooh, touche, you know, but like, there's a reason Magneto is no longer just a cackling would-be dictator uh, as he was in the 60s. He's a he's a complicated anti-hero, uh, you know, like rights protesting defender of his ethnicity, people, what have you, the, you know, the X gene people. Uh, and it, it makes for a more interesting character. If you can you know, sympathize and empathize with the cackling bad guy, then it makes every cackling bad guy thing he does all yeah. worse. And yeah. Oh my God, um, this was handled I think so well. Megatron is really so well. one of the standouts in the, in the 2005 IDW uh, continuity simply because yeah, you know, as and they get in they get into a lot more of Cybertron's past in um the Lost Light stuff. Uh because you actually in in Megatron Origin, it is just the Autobots are oppressive. Um and but in mm-hmm. um Lost Light you actually find out specifics about a lot of the stuff that was happening at that time. You had the functionalists where your your value as a citizen was determined solely by by your alter alt mode. Um and and so um, <laughs> Jesus. you know, the and there was <laughs> one of the things I enjoy is the fact that um there is there was an attempt to uh, explain characters like Whirl and Shockwave, who have just the single eye in an, in a featureless face. Um, Whirl has straight up yeah. claws, uh, and Shockwave, of course, is missing a hand, um, and things like that. Well, in that, you actually mm-hmm. find out that one of the things that they would do uh, was take body parts if you uh, pissed off the government. They would take your face and they would, uh, in Whirl's case, he was a watchmaker uh, and they took his hands and face. Um, You know, things Mm -hmm. like that. Shockwave, you come to find out... Bastards. When you see in in uh, in um, the flashbacks that Optimus Prime was a cop before he became Prime, he was working with this senator um, who they do not name uh, for a very long time until eventually, after quite some time, the government takes him fucks with his head, strips him of emotion and takes his face and hands. And you find out that the Senator's name was shockwave, that he was actually an idealistic friend of Optimus primes 
who was using mm -hmm. his power to try to make things better. And the government took that all away. Um, and things like that. And all of this stuff that actually built a cohesive world that makes sense. You know, the Decepticons calling themselves Decepticons makes sense in the context of Megatron being a revolutionary who whose ta whose slogan is you are being deceived. And so, you know, that whole thing of like why would anyone trust Decepticons? They're called Decepticons. Why do you keep listening to them? Well, that's where the name ostensibly came from in this universe. And right. And like, there's, there's li like little things. Cause like, it's easy enough to treat characters who are part of a group called the Decepticons as just like one mass, but they give every character a reason to be a Decepticon. Like they're not all just like, yeah, yeah. Megatron's right. Yeah. Let's be bastards. Well, they they all have like a personal reason for it. Did you read anything with Drift in it? Uh, I don't believe so. Drift is a character not... that when he was introduced seemed like the absolute worst because he is mm. a, he was a sports car with like Kanji on the side who when he transformed he had like swords and it was just like a whole lot of um you know very like okay we get it you he's really cool if we agree will you make him go away but is he a Tokyo drift joke yeah um God. but okay, but then. over the course of things you find out who he is and it turns out that at the start of the war he his name was deadlock and um he was down and out he was a junkie uh that had been left behind by cybertronian society and when megatron started the decepticons deadlock became a true believer and he was like one of the worst decepticons he was murdering left and right because he well and truly believed in uh what they were doing eventually he was taken in by uh some followers of the knights of cybertron who helped him temper his rage and he eventually renamed himself drift and became an autobot but you know he's a he's a character that as you learn more about him you're like yeah i get it does not excuse any of the stuff you did but like you see him and he has been completely bucked over by autobot society so his becoming a decepticon makes perfect sense um and so, you know, in the wake of the war ending, there's some really interesting stuff that starts to happen. There's a Decepticon who becomes a stand-up comedian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, they're just like, okay, I don't know what... To, anybody want to hear some jokes? <laughs> like, Yeah, it, it's like, I'm not evil. I'm, I was fighting for my rights. 
Yeah. So now I'm, I'm now that the war is over and I, I guess I get to to live, um, you know, uh, and, and be myself and whatever. What is it that I actually want to do millions of years ago? Yeah. And, uh, you know, in Megatron's case, it's interesting because he surrenders, um, which comes as a blow to a lot of Decepticons. Um, mm -hmm. And he winds up being aboard the, uh, they basically commute his trial and he winds up serving on board the Lost Light looking for the Knights of Cybertron uh, as part of his you know, I don't want to say sentence because he's never actually sentenced. It's yeah. we can't have you around when we're trying to rebuild. So just <laughs> go out there and get out of our face. Um, and so what's interesting in all of that is you find out uh, there is the Decepticon Justice Division who are basically they're, they're essentially Decepticon bureaucrats but their job is to go around sanctioning people who betray the Decepticon cause um, and here again they are hardline Decepticons um, and so when Megatron surrenders he then moves to the top of their list. And uh, <laughs> that becomes a whole thing toward <clears throat> the latter part of that run before they reboot it. Um, but what's interesting is they have a run-in with the Necrobot, who is somebody that goes around cataloging all of the Cybertronians that die. And they see his memorial garden effectively where everyone has a pedestal uh if there is a hologram of the cybertronian there that means they're dead but everyone has a pedestal already and surrounding the pedestal are all of these pink flowers that represent everyone they've killed um mm -hmm. and you see megatron's pedestal and it is a just a single a single island out in a field with a sea of pink flowers around it. And, <laughs> you know, and you actually have Megatron kind of reckoning with what he did during the war, uh, which is not something I ever thought I'd see. Right. Um, like have, having him have to accept that he's a war criminal and, yeah. and then face that that's, Again, these are toys that were meant to be played by going smash, 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 smash. Yeah. And <laughs> they are. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like if the reboot didn't occur and they didn't then lose the uh, the contract, I could see that eventually leading to like a very special issue where he, he comes back and it's like uh, him atoning for his atrocities among other people and a couple of like his victims being like no i won't take it and, like the death of megatron fi finally someone assassinates him yeah you know it's just oh I, it's amazing that they're they they did that like again 
these comics did not have to go so hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they introduced, they introduced a lot of interesting things like the conjuncts Endura, which is basically romantic Cybertronian relationships. Um, neat. Uh, they, they introduced trans characters initially not well. Um, RC is not great uh, at first because Wait, RC is trans. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it is not well handled uh, initially because basically what they did to begin with was gender did not exist for Transformers. RC was an experiment wherein someone was taken and forcibly Ooh. turned into a bembot and it drove her crazy for a while and it's oh, not it's not good uh they no. do better later they introduce um in lost light anode uh who is legitimately like in terms of this is not a character where it was done to her it anode was a character who was just like you know this isn't really me i'm going to become more me which you'd think for a species like this isn't that big a deal I mean, right. It seems pretty goddamn easy compared to what I have to fucking put up with. Right. <laughs> it, it seems like the kind of thing of whoever you are, it is as simple as choosing a chassis. I mean, yeah, that's all it they, is. But they, they do upgrades and like uh, look changes all the goddamn time. Right. Um, the the weird thing about the RC thing is that they then wind up introducing just women just women transformers and it's like wait the whole thing was there were no women like what are you doing um but retcon 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 yeah um retcon retcon but yeah like the, it's in the name transformers come on yeah but um you know they they wound up there's all this stuff like one percenters, uh, which is all about your spark. Uh, like certain people have blue sparks and then there are certain people who have green sparks. There are people that were cold constructed who are ostensibly not naturally occurring transformers. They are people who were built um, mm. and things like that. You know, there's a lot of, there were a lot of attempts to flesh out this world um, in ways that had not been done to the same extent. Um, not all of them succeeded, uh, but there was some really good there, there. Um <laughs> I mean, that they tried instead of just pumping out the same monotonous thing. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, ultimately, when you try, there are going to be failures. That's par for the course. Uh, mm. I would rather they try and fail occasionally um, than not try at all. And, like, this is comics. Uh, all failures eventually become the foundation of some other better story that reexamines them. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, uh, the Clone Saga was an, an incredible failure. Incredible failure. And yet, it is, it is so foundational to so many better Spider-Man stories. And, yeah. like, how much money has Marvel made off this failure? Yeah. Too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so much Lessons so that learned. they keep doing it again over and over. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And, you know, they did, they did in the comics, the death of Optimus Prime. And in this case, he didn't actually die. It just became like a metaphorical death wherein he gave up being Optimus Prime and went back to being Orion Pax because he wasn't sure about much of anything anymore. Um, boo! And I only boo that because it's false advertising. That clearly is uh, uh, The Transformer of Tomorrow by Alan Moore. Sure. And that's what the joke but, should have been. Not not like the death of him. Don't don't oversell. Have it as a reference, an overt reference to like he's hanging it up the way Superman did. Yeah, but I think but you've got you've got to bear in mind that fandoms have certain expectations. When you uh. say when you, with Optimus Prime there is the expectation you're going to do a big death at some point. <laughs> we demand to see a corpse. Basically, I mean, it's it's how many times has Optimus Prime died in different continuities? Uh, ooh, it's, ooh, ooh. Somewhere out there is a continuity where Optimus Prime is Bruce Wayne's father. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but... Because of that, then you do the Optimus Prime, the death of Optimus Prime. You subvert that. So, it in the context of the fandom, it makes sense. Um, there were occasional times where they started adding unnecessary shit um, toward the end of the original 2005 continuity. The uh they started throwing in fucking micronauts and action man and visionaries and rom the space knight and gi joe of course mask all of this stuff all became part of a single continuity and so you wound up with stuff like Transformers versus Visionaries and stuff like that. And it's just, it's really annoying because, you know, if you're a Transformers fan, crossovers with G.I. Joe are part and parcel of the whole thing. Whatever. But 
when you are when you are strictly a Transformers fan to suddenly have all of this continuity from some fucking dude you care nothing about um <laughs> you know it's just like oh here's action man he's going to do some stuff i don't care i don't give a rats what makes you i don't read transformers for the humans much less this human i don't know who the fuck this guy is stop it but anyway yeah um uh and if i recall at the time um because this was around when the gi joe movies were coming out uh but before the bay formers and the idea uh was if the gi joe films do better they would start putting out a shared universe film so you would get gi joe meets transformers gi joe meets and transformers meet mask gi joe and transformers and mask meet micronauts and like that's how they would have rolled out even before marvel a series of shared universes i will point out gi joe the live action movies came after bayformers really the first one came after bayformers G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra was 2009, whereas the first Michael Bay Transformers movie was 2007. For some reason, I remember it being like 2006. That's odd. Yeah, I, uh, nope, it was Transformers first. Uh, but yeah, no, there, I, you are correct that there was there was a shared universe planned um and supposedly still maybe but they keep they keep i mean that that's gotta be pushing it forever you know uh they keep putting it off you know i enjoy the mcu but the last the thing that will always damn the mcu is the fact that they convinced (laughs) everyone they could have a shared movie universe um that you could just throw together a cinematic (laughs) universe and you know suddenly you've got like uh that mummy movie with tom cruise just cramming in all of these easter eggs for movies that never fucking happened and it's just like no guys no don't do it guys don't don't try to do it please but it's it's kind of like the great trap they uh they they achieve something and now they get to sit above the trap watching everyone fall into it they don't even have to compete anymore they just like keep doing what they do and watch people fall into the fucking trap yep but the only one who's been able to climb out of it is like godzilla and the fast and the furious yeah Fast and the Furious. God. Okay. Um, <laughs> but ultimately... And also, where's that crossover? Fast and the Furious Transformers. Come the fuck on. <laughs> um, but, unfortunately, <laughs> the good times had to come to an end. Uh, mm. They did Unicron and ended that universe. Um... And then did a reboot uh, in 2019, which has only been going for a few years. I didn't, I haven't read any of it. Uh, The only, the only thing I've read 
because by the time by the end i think within the last few years of the 2005 continuity by that time i was kind of done with all the bullshit in the fandom so mm. i was sort of moving away from all of that anyway uh i have i had since gone back and finished reading up through the end of that universe the only thing i've read since was uh they recently did a a mini series called last bot standing which is basically at the end of the transformers universe like hot rod is the last autobot and uh and there again you know i've talked to you about i love the irony of them that they just cannot change Mm-hmm. And that's really what Last Spot Standing is. Uh, Hot Rod has basically uh, shut himself down and is be- is being used as a glorified horse cart for this family on this random planet when a Transformer lands there scouting for some some of the last dregs of the Cybertronian race. And conflict begins anew because they just can't fucking help themselves Mm. and uh that's about as good a send-off as you can as you can get it's just like it's never gonna change not really so i mean that yeah that's it's it's brilliant it's it's a thematic uh cycle so you can just repeat right back around to where you were um you know, it, it's a great message. War, war never changes. <laughs> and these these warriors, especially, they just can't not do this shit. In addition, mm-hmm. though, you have the odd things here or there that are just like oddities, um, like the My Little Pony Transformers crossover series they did friendship in disguise Um, (laughs) yes yes that's i'm here for that title as brilliant um you know they've done angry birds transformers they did mars attacks transformers nato transformers back to the future transformers versus the terminator Mm. uh they've had crossovers with ghostbusters uh and a bunch of other shit and you know it's all pretty much what you'd expect in that regard do transformers have ghosts are there ghost transformers isn't that just like a backup of a program is that wi-fi i mean i mean you know um i think i think it depends by what so you have you have starscream Mm. who who even though his body is destroyed he appears again in the original generation one cartoon as a ghost and in beast wars winds up uh taking over the body of waspinator for an episode yeah Um, now i i like the way they did that in beast wars beasties by having like it's his spark his spark is just wandering free and it's right. like yeah i'm sure you know obviously spark equals soul but it's also like because these are robots 
it's a physical piece. Yeah. You know, it's 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 effectively their mainframe because it, it, it remembers things and holds their personality. Well, therein therein lies the uh the the rub of it all. Um <laughs> in that you know, there again with Dinobot 2, his memories were backed up, uh, but his spark was half of Rampage's. Yeah. So with the programming winds up winning out, but I don't know. I think I think ultimately it kind of becomes both. I guess I I don't know. <laughs> it's whatever the writer needs it to be. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, <laughs> I I do want to talk about Rung though. Rung is interesting um, because he is a character that's introduced aboard the Lost Light, and he is a psychologist. He is constantly psychoanalyzing the other Transformers. And I he transforms into a rod. Uh he is literally like he he's basically a metal stick when he transforms. Um <laughs> And so uh, it's actually kind of funny because when the functionalists are running Cybertron, uh, he has to walk around with a fake wheel plastered to his back in order to convince <laughs> people he has an actual alt mode. But yeah, he's literally, hence the name Rung, uh, he is uh, a, just a metal rod. Um, but... <laughs> But, <laughs> haha, he's actually Primus. Uh, ah, gotcha, fuckers. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Because at <laughs> one point he gets he gets his head blown off. Uh, and they kind of piece him back together. The weird thing about it is in that IDW continuity, um. Parts are not replaceable unless they are, ah, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. There's a whole thing for a while about Ratchet. Uh, Ratchet's hands are not working as well. And he's not going to be able to be a surgeon anymore because his hands can't physically do what they need to do. Uh mm -hmm. And he's resigned himself to it. But then they have a run-in with another doctor who's just gone off the fucking deep end. <laughs> and they kill him, cut off his hands, and give him to Ratchet. Ah, as you do, as you do, as is normal. You know. I believe that's how every surgeon is uh, promoted. You find yeah. the oldest uh, in residence and you fucking slaughter them. Yeah, why not? Um... I don't know. There's just all of these interesting little things that they added. Uh, and that's just. That's not something that generally happens in Transformers anymore. Usually it's just recycling the same shit 
but this they were actually adding stuff and i look forward to uh seeing what actually becomes part of transformers canon like sparks did following beasties uh uh you know it's gonna be interesting time will tell um Like I said, I can't say anything about the 2019 continuity because I don't care. I just yeah. don't care. And, and like, you know, you always need a bridge, a bridge to somewhere. And we're in a so uh, on the bridge to somewhere period for it, which is a great time to have talked about all this because you're probably not missing out on much. But there was something there for a while. And who boy. Did it try everything and succeed it enough? Yeah, and I will give them credit. They introduced original characters. They folded existing characters from disparate continuities into their overarching storyline. So you had Beast Wars characters. You had, uh, you know, characters from uh car robots robots in disguise you had characters from all of these different things that appeared all together for the first time uh mm -hmm. and that's a lot of fun too uh just sucks about rc <laughs> well at least that seemed to have gotten memory hold <laughs> well it never it never got memory hold as such uh they just they realized how bad a job they'd done and they're just like she's here now we can't pretend that didn't happen uh yeah but let's see if we can salvage it and uh later on she begins a lesbian relationship with optimus prime's personal assistant aileron uh neat and just oh you know like she gets better uh she's not it's not quite so like i'm gonna kill everybody because of what was done to me and that's a step up i think yeah uh, yeah it's it, it's positive i mean they haven't like addressed the potential trauma of that uh nor i assume had the legitimate trans character have a discussion with her about any of this so far as i know they never met um trying to recall i don't think they were ever actually in the same place at the same time um i which Maybe that was, I don't know, that may have been a choice of, like, we're just going to keep her over here, uh, <laughs> away from that mess. Yeah, um, don't 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 draw attention to it. If, if people start making connections, we might have to remember the dumb thing we did. Yeah. Uh, but the cat's out of the bag now in the sense of, of, like, well, it's part of Transformers. And as you say, like, you know stuff gets pulled into transformers and like forgotten and then pulled back in and, and forgotten and pulled back in so we're gonna see it come back up again it's part of transformers and transformers 
at its best will always keep growing and changing and then stagnating 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 well you know yeah um it is it is what it is uh I hope they well, can I mean, get there. It's pretty good for what was essentially supposed to just be a fucking toy line in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, this stuff has brought me a lot of enjoyment. You know, uh, even, even when it hasn't been great, there's still been... I mean, you look at, uh, like, Transformers Armada. Transformers Armada was rushed out and not great. Uh, mm. but did some interesting things like Starscream defecting to the Autobots and stuff like that. Um, never really went anywhere because uh, <laughs> he still had, you know, the, all those daddy issues with Megatron. But, you know, it was still an interesting uh, thought. And, you know, the idea of the Autobot Decepticon war being uh, manipulated from the outside by Unicron and things like that. Even at its worst, there are interesting ideas finding their way in. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so... I don't know. I uh, I will always carry around a deep and abiding love for this bullshit. Um, even, <laughs> even as I refuse to give them money, I, I will still, I will still look at new toys coming out and be like, oh, that's cool, but I'm just not going to buy it. <laughs> um, you know, no matter how much I want an arc, uh, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and if, uh, dear listener, you are interested in, in like, well, maybe checking it out, uh, there's probably uh, at least like a miniseries, a spinoff miniseries or tie-in or something that'll catch your eye. I, I definitely, though, highly suggest the Megatron Origins. Um, yeah. It may be all downhill technically from there. Uh, it, you know, there, there sounds like there's... Other ones that I haven't gotten to in the IDW run that sound fantastic, and I, I want to get to that. Um, but like, who? When when they're good, that's a damn fine comic. They can they can be insanely good, uh, and they can be really really fucking bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the spotlights early on were not great. Uh, yeah, and the the the, like the, uh, the copies that I ha I uh, downloaded, it's a uh, an era one, era two, era three, and it seems to be in generally in chronological order is how they're doing it. So the whole thing begins with Megatron Origins, and then the rest of the book are spotlights, and so. I'm trying to read, like, yo, oh my god, I finished Megatron Origins, that was great, I wonder what comes next. Spotlight. Fuck this. Yeah, it was, it was a period where there was a whole lot of bullshit going on, and, um, it became very disjointed, um, and they tried to use the spotlights, um, to continue the overarching storyline they were working on 
And so in a few cases that wound up where you would have a spotlight book that was like named for a specific character, but they would appear on maybe three pages of it because they (laughs) were more concerned about the overarching storyline right then. Um, Mm. They're not, they're not great. Um, No, no, no. And like, it's a dramatic uh, uh, a loss in in like in, in, in drawing quality, like like the 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 um, yeah the the drawing, the animation, the what what have you, the art in um, uh, Megatron Origins is is miles beyond the spotlights, which are like they're fine, but that's the thing, they're just they're fine. Yeah. Well, and for that, with that, it was. Um... The spotlights wound up, you know, your ongoings would have a creative team. Um, <clears throat> and so if the creative team was good, they'd be putting out some stuff that was worth reading consistently. If they weren't, Mike Costa, uh, they would be <laughs> um, putting out stuff that was not so great. And you'd kind of just wade through that to get to eventually some better stuff whereas the spotlights tended to be one and done stories by a random creative team uh unless they were trying to do the dark cybertron story or stormbringer at that point in time in which case they were probably written by simon Furman. but yeah so you wound up having huge swings in terms of quality from issue to issue during those Um, and honestly, a whole lot of it wound up just being forgettable bullshit. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And like, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, yeah. When, when I say that, like people will find something in this, you'll find one or two things. Everyone will find one or two things, but I, I very much doubt that everything is for you. Uh, the last three episodes worth of like decades of comic books, you'll find something, but um, don't try to sit down and read them all because, oh my head. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I am built for deep dives. I will sit there. <laughs> I actually, I, I wish that that were my job would just be to sit there and go deep with the lore of a series uh because i do that all the time i the last time i read the idw stuff it was literally i sat down and started at infiltration and made my way forward from there and just read it and read it and read it and read it um you know occasionally reading a random issue of something else but by and large i'd be just sitting there absorbing every single fucking bit of it um (laughs) and i i can i i love a good binge but uh on something that has a coherent story oh well yeah no that's not this from beginning to end that is not this (laughs) um yeah uh anyway 
But yeah, what what does have a coherent story, uh, somewhat, is what we're covering next week. It's a return to the Star Wars universe for a special one-off. It's Shadows of the Empire mm. and everything that came yeah. with that. That is that is a whole can of worms. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's 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 a bunch of different cans or, or it's a bunch of different containers of worms there's a can of worms there's like an old like a pop one's a pop can of worms one's an old screw top can of worms uh there's a jar of worms there's preserved worms there's fresh Sock full worms. Of worms there's so many options Just a random yeah. shot. Uh, 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 exactly there are so many options if you want worms. So if you want worms, feel free to uh, <laughs> to tune into that. Um, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter uh, at uh, MO Marketing, I believe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like us on Facebook. Um Email us at multiversomarketing at gmail.com. If you have something that you would like to see us cover, uh, feel free to let us know and it might be added to the list. Uh, Other than that, you know, like, share, and subscribe or whatever. You know, do the podcast stuff. That's, that's my that's my call to action for the episode. Do the podcast stuff. <laughs> do do the stuff. Do the thing. Uh, we never figured out what the fuck a transformer is, though. But uh, I feel like it's been a productive three. What episodes. the fuck a transformer is? Uh, yeah. Uh, I what the fuck is a transformer? Anything. I mean, you know, there is. <laughs> this is one of those things where if you try to draw a line around what a transformer is, you're going to be leaving things out because is it a is it a robot that transforms into something else? Well, action masters are technically transformers and they don't transform, their vehicles do. So is that transformers? Yes. But I don't know. Ultimately, I think when it's all said and done, uh, a a transformer is whatever Hasbro puts the Transformers branding on. 